just before we kick off the theme music, I just wanted to jump in and let everyone know that we are online. We do the internet and things. So like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, Twitter, the whole lot. And while you're on the internets, uh, please jump onto our iTunes page and rate us. Look up my first time pop culture podcast. Give us five stars. Give it actually. No, I was about to say give us any stars. Ignore that. Only give us five star reviews. Let your friends know. And uh, if you give us a good review, it'll kind of help us out. You get this podcast for free, but the way you can pay us, say thanks, is by giving us a five star review. And then hopefully iTunes gods will look down upon us and go, ooh, put you on the front page. Showcase these guys. Anyway, let's get on to the podcast. Give us five stars. without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Guys, your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, the podcast all about the gaps in our pop culture resume. Each episode, our panel sits down to debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic and be joined by the first time as someone who's never before experienced that pop cultural icon. Will they see what the fuss is about or just be left wondering what the hell? Greetings, my name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello. Aiden. Hello there. And uh, this week, we are joined by our first guest, first-timer, Mr. John Brooks. John, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. And uh, you, uh, I sent you a list, and you 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 said you had seen pretty much everything on it, except for The Breakfast Club. Yes, first time. Let's talk a bit about that. Why have you missed The Breakfast Club? Like, I'm assuming because... You said you'd seen basically everything on the list. Just, that, just to put the list in context, the yeah. list is a whole lot of things that yeah, we do like want to discuss on the future At least a hundred movies on yeah. there. And you reckon, yeah, you picked out Breakfast Club saying there wasn't much else. So why did you miss this one? Look, thinking about it, I mean, I, I grew up in the country um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much Generation X. And we as a family didn't have a video machine up until I was about probably 15, 16. I thought you were going to hmm. say we as a family refuse to recognize breakfast as a meal <laughs> that is necessary. <laughs> yeah, so I think by the time it kind of came around, you know, and, you know, once you're sort of, you know, probably, probably one of the characters on that movie, um, you know, dealing with all kinds of rage and all those kind of issues, all you want to watch is horror films and that kind of stuff. So I think I just kind of missed it culturally. Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. How did everyone else discover it? I discovered it much the way you know you tend to discover those things, just with some friends, and it came on late at night on like Channel Nine one night or something. And oh yeah, we're like, oh yeah, let's just watch this movie. And then we're like, wow, this movie's awesome. We love this movie. A uh, little bit different for me. I had the day off school because I was sick. It was the midday movie, and I thought I'll give it a shot. And didn't switch over. Just but still similar. It. Still a like, oh, here's a random movie that I'll decide to watch. Yeah, but it was never planned. It was just like, oh, I'll see what this oh, is. Same, and then yeah, when I was same. discussing it with my dad that night, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a big film, Aiden. That's, um, <laughs> that's one that most people have seen. And it's probably the exact right age for you to watch it. Like, I think I would have been like 13 or 14. And sort then your of dad thing. showed you his Don't You Forget About Me tattoo. <laughs> and, like, and then jumped up on the kitchen table, started dancing. It was really weird. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't made it to the end of the film yet. Eden, I. Uh, 
Ash, I think you'd seen this one before as well. Uh, yeah, but only like five years ago. Like Ooh. I saw it at 25, and I saw it because I had seen references to it in other places and was like, okay, well, I should probably check out this movie that people seem to make a big deal about. Cool. So I actually checked it out. And was that was that around the time of John Hughes' death? Uh, the creator yeah, of actually, I think it Clark? was. I think it was, yeah. Because yeah, that was a little John Hughes marathon. That was a couple yeah. of years ago, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, and I think I did watch things. I don't think they were all John Hughesy, but all kind of Brat Pack '80s movies, like Weird Science. Yeah, I'd always been a fan of Planes, Strange and Automobiles. Like that's an amazing movie. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, before we uh, get uh, the group's thoughts, and particularly our first timer. Uh, let's, uh, for those of you listening along that might not have seen the movie and wondering what the hell we're talking about, uh, let's do a little recap. Often cited as the quintessential teen movie, The Breakfast Club has been creating new teenage fans for over 30 years now. Released in 1985, the movie captures a long Saturday in detention for five teen stereotypes. The jock, the nerd, the rebel, the beauty and the recluse. Polarised at first by their differences, the detainees soon realise they share much more in common than surface appearances would suggest. It helps, of course, that they have a common enemy, jerk assistant principal Richard Dick Vernon, who attempts to force the students to write an essay about who they think they are. The movie was written and directed by the late, often great, John Hughes, who became known as a master of successfully capturing the teenage perspectives with films such as Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, and, of course, The Breakfast Club. So much so, he deliberately branched away from the teen genre in the late 80s, creating a range of comedy classics like... Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, Home Alone and Baby's Day Out. Sorry, not Baby's Day Out, not a classic. (laughs) The Breakfast Club was only the second movie that Hughes directed, and he was given a very limited budget as the studio didn't really trust him yet, hence most of the action takes place in one room, and Hughes also, funnily enough, filled school scenes from Ferris Bueller simultaneously as a bit of a cost-pinching measure. The film's young cast, well, sort of young, we'll get onto that later perhaps, Carry the film, Molly Ringwald as Beauty Claire, Judd Nelson as the Rebel Bender, Emilio Estevez as Jock Andrew, Anthony Michael Hall as the Nerd Brian, and Ali Sheedy as the Reclusive Allison. Ringwald and Nelson's uh, Beauty and Rebel get to share the central romance that inevitably develops, but each of the stars get their own memorable moments. Emilio Estevez's marijuana dance, Ali Sheedy's dandruff snowfall, and Anthony Michael Hall's revelation about trying to kill himself with a flare gun, all memorable moments. But the big question is whether 32 years later the teen angst and rebellion resonated with our first-timer, or did his Breakfast Club viewing amount to little more than a 97-minute home detention? All right, John, straight to you. What what did... I want to know what you were expecting as you sort of sat down to watch it. Only like a day ago, I think. No, actually, I literally just finished it about an hour ago. Oh. Yeah, my, my young son wouldn't let me watch it, so I, I had to sneak it in between kind of punishing him. Um, I, what I honestly expected was something a bit like summer school. I was just expecting a whole bunch of kind of 80s, you know, throwaway lines, uh, a whole bunch of cliches and... Just a terrible, terrible script. Like a more meatballs type film, yeah, sort of. Yeah, or you know, even more classic shenanigans. People running around pantsing each other and pretty pranks much. and things. Yeah, with like you know bad eighties guitar and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
because I've lived through the 80s, so I know what it was like slightly. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was very much what I was expecting. What I got, no, it was a, it was a bloody good film. Oh, excellent. That's exciting. Mm. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about it. I, I don't know, it's immediately engaging, isn't it? I, I don't know, there's something about it. When right. the Talking Heads music starts. Right uh, from the beginning when the David Bowie quote comes on the screen and then shatters in classic 80s <laughs> um, computer technology. Anyone got any insight into that Bowie quote? I meant to look it up, but... Uh, no, it's no, just no. A, I don't it's think there's in, any It's link. not in a song, it's not in the movie, it's just no. something that Hughes picked out at random. Just yeah. a Bowie not fan, random, I think, but, yeah. Yeah. But I did. I just loved it. really date-stamped it from the very beginning of the... Of the the shattering, like it's it's the sort of effect that somebody now would use if they were in grade six trying to make a film, like just the, the shattering of the glasses as the, as the quote comes off the screen. Yeah, but now, nowadays that sort of thing is like the stock standard sort of iMovie, yeah, you know, I'm transition. Sure use that in PowerPoint. Yeah, star, <laughs> it's, it's like the Star Wipe. Yeah, I was struck by the fact they were in detention for eight hours on a Saturday. Oh, That's really crazy. brutal. Oh, as a, like you know, you and I are both teachers. Mm. Um, I thought I, I, it was so weird watching and first of all seeing what these students are actually like I, d- I don't know what do you guys think do you think this was an accurate representation of students <laughs> uh, they were very much cliches I think that's part of the point though that they're representing different parts of life yeah I honestly do think I went to school with similar type people okay um, not those people obviously i didn't go to school with Mel- molly ringwood but um <laughs> but those characters if you will right john i want to ask you yeah uh as they're introducing the characters and they are sort of clearly those stereotypes the jock the nerd etc yeah like did that did that put you off at all at first no i loved the way they did it because it was really brilliant exposition it wasn't you know done through dialogue it was just the way they all filed into that room and the way they took their seats at the chairs as soon as i saw that i just thought okay this is going to be a good film and the way they interact with mum and dad in the car is yeah. good too and i didn't think the like some of them yes were overly over the top clichés but i didn't think mm. the nerd was a real cliche because they really could have made him nerdier yeah. Like, it's not like he was had his T-shirt tucked into his jeans. He didn't have glasses or a calculator. He puts everything out on the table because it was a kid that was in detention. Mm. So you have to sort of go, mm, he's not a typical nerd. He was a goody-goody type kid, but mm. Mm. they rounded the corners a little bit, I guess. My big question was, this, is, this, is this a hole in the movie, that Bender played by Judd Nelson, the big rebel, the angsty, you know, hassling the, the principal and all that sort of stuff, uh, is... Is it unrealistic that he would even turn up for that detention? Like, what's his motivation? Like, he walks himself to school in yeah. the morning. Would he actually do that? Yeah. Wasn't it to get away from his abusive dad? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and I got the impression as well. It was, he doesn't like people, but he does like people. It was kind of like yeah. the girl that said that she wasn't actually meant to be there at yeah. all. Yeah. I think he had a little bit of that. It was like, well, it gives me something to do. What about, like, on the same note... When the principal is saying, you know, like, all right, I'm going to give you another day's detention and another and another. I've got you for the rest of your natural born life. If you don't watch your step, you want another one? Yes. You got it. You got another one right there. That's another one, pal. Cut it out. Uh... He's sort of Judd Nelson's character seems to kind of care about that. Yeah, I reckon it, he, he goes acts back and it really forth, well. doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he goes between like you know, huh, fuck you, I don't care, and yeah. then like oh, I don't want more detention. But like, oh, no, but I've actually got something on that Saturday. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> Do you recognise? Had you seen that in like clips of 
the movie, like in, I don't know, were you, that scene I feel like is one of the most famous in the movie, the, uh, you want another? You got it. Like, were you aware of that before <laughs> watching? I don't know, no, I think maybe over the years it's just kind of blended into, you can't handle the truth. Different film. Let's just point that out, just, <laughs> just in case anyone's listening and doesn't not aware. Maybe what it is with Bender mm. is that he turns up every week and goes through that exact same moment with four, <laughs> five different other other students. And gets, y- an- gets another girl at the end of it to yeah. fall in love with him. And there, there's your sequel. There's your sequel. <laughs> it's the next Saturday. He's got a whole new cast of friends to hang out with. Or actually, scrap that. It's 30 years later, yeah. he's the teacher. He's been reformed, <laughs> and he just wants some friends to hang out with still. And he knows all the tricks. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely the guy that is now the assistant principal. <laughs> and I know what you kids are like. Or I've the been janitor. in that chair. <laughs> he could be the janitor. The janitor, no, just that. We're yeah. going with He's the janitor. It's 30 years later, except he's waiting in the air ducts for the kid that climbs up. <laughs> like an alien. <laughs> so for those that haven't seen it... Uh, the janitor, I like the janitor character. There's only, what, seven real characters in the film, apart from some parents that do the drop-offs. Well, that's the thing. It's a very small cast, and for a long film, like it's a feature-length film, there's mm. really only maybe, what, four sets? Mm. It's very, it feels very much like a play. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely like a stage that show. Was, that was my observation of it. As soon as I finished watching it, I just thought, this is Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets Last Train to Frio. It's all of that stuff done and all that tension in one room. It's mm. brilliant. It's a brilliant piece of writing. I don't know about Last Train to Frio. What's that? Uh, so it's a play that was adapted for um, for the screen, obviously. Uh, it's about a, a carriage full of people on the last train to Frio who get uh, menaced by this. You know, he's just this huge. I think it was played by Steve Lamarquand. Um, and he's this huge menacing character who over the space of it reveals himself to be incredibly complex. And mm. So imagine, imagine the scariest train ride to Gawley you've ever had, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I used to live on the Outer Harbour Line, so I'd have a few, uh, oh, so you've few seen, rough rides down you've seen the people getting it. You just don't ever look at the bloke who's got the girls' BMX and two fishing rods. You just know straight away <laughs> he means business. <laughs> now, you brought up the janitor just before. Yes. Uh, would you like about him. would you like to know who else was considered to play the janitor and had to pull out last minute? Could oh, I, I love could research. I, could I guess? Like he, the janitor really seemed like it could have been like a Bill Murray character. You're very close. Oh. Nick and Nolte. Let, <laughs> no, not oh. Nick Nolte. Let's l- let me just frame this. Yeah. That's an '80s film. Yeah. You would probably class this as a comedy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a dramedy, comedy type film. All right. Are we um, talking... To, and it's what, a minor what character. What level are we talking? It's a minor so it's character. not like A-list Hollywood stuff. No, no, no. It is a minor character that's only in it for, like, you know, mm. 10 minutes at a time type thing. So think that kind of era... Sam Kinison. No. Uh, no. Oh, you feel? Give, I was going to throw it, like, John Candy. No. No? Rick Moranis. Wow. Oh. So Rick Moranis was meant to be in the film and he had to pull out and, uh, yeah, they got the new janitor. I saw a headline the other day that he's going to make another film for yeah. the first time in, like, 30 years or yeah, something. Because right. he took all that, he just stopped his career to care for his, is it wife? Yeah. Or child? Yeah. I think his wife died oh, and right. he became a, a solo dad and he yeah. went, well, I can't really be filming for seven months at a time or whatever when I've got a three-year-old or yeah. whatever. He said wow. that he never has retired. He's just been busy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me like him so much. Yeah. I'm like, what a good guy. Like, I think the world needs more Moranis. Yeah, absolutely. Wish uh, him all the best. He wasn't the only other... Maybe he can be the janitor in The Breakfast Club too that we're now working <laughs> on. <laughs> we'll get that happening. Uh, do you want to hear some of the other cast members that were yeah, yeah. possibly yeah. meant to be in Hit the film? Hit me up. Hit me up. Uh, the Bender character, Nicolas Cage. Ooh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that would have worked. So, yeah. originally, it was meant to be Emilio Estevez as Bender, 
And then they couldn't find anyone to fill the jock role, so they moved Emilio over to the jock, and they were going to get Nicolas Cage to be Bender, the rebel character, and then they you know, had a bit of a shuffle, and it was uh, Judd Nelson in the end. Mm. Have you got more for me? Um, do you expect me to come with more research than that, mate? I've got more research than anyone. <laughs> no, i got nothing else. Um, I do have some ages what, for you, though, if we want to play we'll along get, with that We'll soon. get to that in a sec. I want to just, about the janitor, one thing that really struck me as, like, disgustingly, like, like, shamefully familiar was there's that moment where, like, I don't know who exactly who it was, but the students are basically mocking the janitor. Like, I think Bender's mocking the janitor and everyone's sort of laughing along. And I was like, yeah. that's so familiar. Like, that's what you do in high school. You, you know, you see you the do. janitor as a real, like, leper-type character in the school. What yeah. do you, does that ring true for everyone? No, it did. But at least the janitor got him back with that, you know, just absolute shade as he, as he left the room. So, Can I ask you a question? Sure. How does one become a janitor? You guys think I'm just someone in touch with a peasant? Sir? Yeah? Huh? Maybe so. Following a broom around after shitheads like you for the last eight years, I've learned a couple of things. I look through your letters, look through your lockers. I listen to your conversations. You don't know that, but I do. I am the eyes and ears of this institution, my friends. By the way, that clock's 20 minutes fast. They're friends with him at the end, don't they? They say goodbye to him as they walking down the stairs in the yeah, very he last. Kind of, he has frame. almost a coy look at the camera, yeah. right, right at the end as they're walking away, which is really good. <laughs> it's almost that character that, like, if the camera stayed on him for one more time, he'd just like disappear, like he's actually <laughs> yeah. like God or something. Yeah, yeah. Just well, they're guiding their lives. I remembered him being in the film more, like almost like narrating it a bit. But obviously, that was just how I remembered it as a kid. That mm. that definitely wasn't in the film when I watched. That's it just what happens ago. in your head, Aiden. Yeah, I don't know. I thought a janitor was, narrates your life. I thought he was more more of a moral compass of, I don't know. But, yeah, he wasn't really in it that much at all. I do like the moment where he busts the uh, the principal guy at the at the filing cabinet. Yeah. And he's like, what? What are you going to do for me? And he's like, uh, he's just like, 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, we do have two teachers sitting here in the room. Can I just clarify? Do you guys make more than 31000 a year, the teacher oh, brags man. that he made? Oh. <laughs> he was sitting there bragging like he was the best thing in the yeah. world. I make thirty-one grand a year, mate, <laughs> or whatever the line is. I make thirty-one thousand dollars a year, and I've got a home, and I'm not about to throw it away on some punk like you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good job, mate. My so initial reaction to that line was, oh wait, he's uh, saying that his life is sad, right? Like, <laughs> I just found it funny that how much wages have changed. I know teachers still get paid very poorly. Well, especially in America, little, I think a little little America, in America honestly wouldn't even make that much more than that these yeah. days. Really. Right. Yeah, Not he's more. going on about how great his life is. Like you guys, are, you got no unionisation. You're here on a weekend. Your life sucks, mate. <laughs> well, I think that's half the reason he's such a dick. Like yeah. he's losing his whole Saturday. Yeah, and you know this they is pre-internet. His perspective, <laughs> bloke. Exactly. He'd be the hero. Drinking on the job with the janitor. He just had to bribe <laughs> to keep his job. <laughs> Yeah, Why was like, the janitor there all day as well? Like, yeah. surely he can do his job a little quicker and get out of there <laughs> after two hours. I've seen the janitors around this building. They're here for an hour and a half max. <laughs> something, get out of there. Something I thought was weird, though. Like, as... So, okay. The teacher is an uptight teacher. I would expect him to be in the room more making sure that their lives are hell. Yeah, but he's trying to slack off as well. He's also trying to slack off. I understand yeah. that. But, like, I feel like if he was actually trying to slack off, he would be like, all right, guys. 
get the hell out of here. Like, I'm done. It is the worst supervision of any it's detention terrible. ever recorded, isn't it? <laughs> and the, the worst, like, the pre-internet slacking off was crap. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? He just walked around the corridors and looked at his reflection. And... No, he made the cup with the pencils. Remember yeah, the right. styrofoam yeah, cup yeah. that he had twirling on balancing. a pencil? Yeah. Wow. No, I think, I think the whole thing is that he got off on the power. Right. That he enjoyed inflicting pain and it made him feel good about himself. Yeah. Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Good character. Well acted. I like the... I don't know the guy's name. It's not a, not a, not a sort of a household name, but I think he does a great job. He's sort of... The, the, in a sense, you do end up feeling a little for him when he does sort of start yeah. having the beer with the janitor. You're like, eh, he's the, just a real guy. The character's name was like something Vernon, right? Like Mr. Yeah. Vernon? Yeah. yeah Richard isn't, Vernon. Isn't... Isn't, like, the Dean in Animal House also a Vernon? Ah, maybe there's, like, a little... A little you, you're onto a little Dean I'm Vernon. <laughs> I must take umbrage on the fact that you said that Paul Gleason is not a household name. Like, I, I don't have that information just stored in my head for no reason, Dan. <laughs> you're just Googling that. I saw you. <laughs> Cut it out. He was also in Die Hard. Oh, I and, love... Did and anyone notice when he's in his office with the styrofoam cup... Did anyone notice what's over his shoulder on the back wall behind him? No. No. What was that? A swimsuit calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a blonde woman in a in like a almost Baywatch-esque swimsuit. And I was like, wow. you could really you could really get away with a lot in schools back yeah. then. <laughs> Can I raise uh, that he basically played the same character in Van Wilder? He was the dean mm. in the uh party college film. With Ryan Reynolds in two thousand and two, pigeonholed. Yeah, I, and I just did. I did just confer, uh, confirm. John Vernon was the character in. Uh, oh no, sorry. John Vernon, I believe, was the actor who played the <laughs> dean in uh, in Animal House. All right, you're down a real weird rabbit warren. Yeah, there, yeah. Um, I did notice at the beginning of the movie when they're doing all those like little sort of shots of the different classrooms that there is a, a great poster which says hackers will be expelled in the computer lab. I loved that. Who's hacking wow. in 1985? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hackers will be expelled. Because I know the, the internet was a thing in America before it went to the world. Yeah. I yeah. don't think Australia had the internet until 95. I'm pretty sure hacking in 1984 was writing boobs on a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Turning upside down. Yeah. <laughs> but there was that hacker film with... Um, yeah, ha- like with- hackers... Uh, well, no, it's that one with um, the net. I can't remember. His no. name. Central Bullock. It was in. It was in Ferris Bueller's. Um, War sneakers. Games? War no. games. I think yeah, it might have been War, War games, games where they had yeah. the, the the thing that he plugged the old phone into and it <laughs> whistled and booped like R two D two. And the next thing you know, there's black helicopters at his house. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that was vaguely familiar. I feel like I've seen that. Um, here's just a random observation for. A, a movie in my head, so synonymous with that Talking Head song, you know, Don't You Forget About Me. Yep. From the moment that plays in the credit, I might be wrong, but I reckon it was 44 minutes of film until you get another song. Uh, wow. Yeah, there was a long period. I was thinking the same thing. There was a very Which long I, period of basically like. silence. It's got a really, like like I think we've acknowledged, like, the pacing of it is, is mm. you know, they take their time to sort of let the... Characters just unfold naturally, and yeah, it's really nice. Well, speaking of the characters unfolding naturally, there's five of them. Mm-hmm. You've got your rebel or, mm-hmm. or the badass. You've got the nerd. You've got the popular pretty girl. You've got the jock, and you've got the troubled, angsty, emo teen. Which one do we each identify with? 
Oh, oh actually, now, sorry. When I was a teenager. I'll include the janitor and, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, the obnoxious yeah. teacher. Eden, let's start with oh, you. I, I don't know. I think you have to go with teenage self. Okay. Or when teenage you, self. Or teenage maybe, self. yeah, or when you watched it. Watched Eden, it for the first well, time. It, it, has to, it has to be the nerd. Yeah. <laughs> John, damn it! I'd be a cross between the nerd and the angsty girl. So I'd be the nerd that'd bring a. Uh, I'd be the angsty girl who'd bring a flag under school. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes to think they were bend of it. No, I was definitely the Brian. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. 100% Brian. I think I was I was the girl doing the snowstorm on, <laughs> on the table. I yeah, was... but not with an incredible picture underneath you. You were just <laughs> doing it. Yeah, I, I was the emo kid. I maybe had a little bit of the nerd and a little bit of the rebel as well, because my mates and I were just class clowns type thing, but... Probably more the emo girl. You saw this as a teenager when yep. the, when yeah, Ali Sheedy does the dandruff snowstorm. Yep, that that was me done. I was just like, oh, like you know, I wanted to think I was an alternative kid, really just a Brian. But that was me done, like massive crush. I was like, that's amazing. Like it's just so like, oh, that sold it. For I you loved it because watching it with my wife last night, <laughs> she was like. I want to throw up. Oh, my wife, exactly <laughs> the same thing. She hates that moment. And I, you know, unless she listens to this podcast, I'll never tell her how much <laughs> that did it for me as a 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do we like the most? So we're talking about who we relate to. Who, what character really, you know? Well, I, I, I did like Bender, the rebel type character, because I think uh, probably as a teenager, I wanted to be him. And I do think he's probably the most complex of all the characters. Probably Jock, maybe the Jock, maybe second. But like, they definitely go into more of his story. You don't, you don't really find out much about many of the other characters until they all get stoned together towards the end. Mm, true. Who it did does you find most compelling, John? An hour ago. Um. Yeah. Probably. Still. Yeah. Creepy emo girl. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She's a kind of person that would have ruined my life years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, conversely, I thought Bender's character was really superficial. Hmm, like, as soon as he walks in, he's just like, ah, this guy's got problems at home. He just wants to be loved. Yeah. Oh, you mean like just easy to understand him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe. But, you know, he's, he's devilish. If he looked like the nerd, he wouldn't have got away with half of that shit. No, yeah, no. true. It's because he's got that, you know, that that hutzpah. It just gets him through, you know? <laughs> that's the worst Yiddish you'll ever hear, but I've just been eating those heartbeats. Definitely the first Yiddish that's popped up on this podcast. <laughs> we, might just, we might just make one of those little grabs of you saying that and use it in all future podcasts whenever we need to refer <laughs> to that, under, that, that essence. <laughs> Eden? Yeah, I'm I'm going with the uh, emo chick, uh, Ali Sheedy. Uh, emo before emo, yeah. Like, okay, well, good, she was well, grunge, good fifteen grunge, years. Yeah. yeah, grunge. Yeah. yeah. This brings me to a, a, a real question. Like, I actually feel like her little makeover at the end, where she becomes a pretty girl, and that makes Emilio fall in love with her. That pissed me off. I think yeah. it really weakens the film, and a film that mm. seems to be about the celebration of difference and mm. individuality. And be who you are. And be yeah. who you are. Her not being herself uh, is really weak to me, mm. and lowers just lowers the film a fraction. You're also annoyed that they fixed her hair, and there's no more dandruff. <laughs> of course! <Yeah. laughs> of course. No, I, I totally agree. As soon as that happened, I was, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. And it makes me think less of the uh, jock character. I'm like, oh, if you like her, buddy, just like her. Exactly. Like, I thought maybe that might be a um, studio decision towards the end. They were, oh, we need more of a happy ending. No, maybe. Possibly. And also, like, 
the nerd is just left on his own. I was like, nah, that's Fifth wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that is a terrible way to manage someone with suicidal ideation, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Chuck him in a room full of misfits, give him drugs, and then send him home on his own. <laughs> the only one not to get a kiss. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. uh, he'll still be fantasizing about the taste of the kiss of a flare gun. <laughs> That's that's that could also be what the sequel's about. <laughs> All right, I want to I want to quiz you guys on their ages. Mm. I'm stepping back because I uh, did some my own googling on this last night. So this oh. is just I'm going to keep tally here. John okay. versus Eden. Who can get closest with the ages? All right. So. All right. So, uh, do you want to rank them in oldest to youngest, or I do you want to say the actor and they'll have guess how old they were in the film? Yeah. Okay, at the time of filming. How old was? Mm, I want to go. Let's go. Let's go with Molly Ringwald first. Probably the most famous actress from the film, or famous actor, whichever you want to call it. Uh, Emilio is pretty famous. Go on, he is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I would say he is now, but at the time, at the time she yeah. was the star of the film. By the way, I'm going to just pause because I looked this up earlier, and this mm. is, and I said Mighty Ducks because I wanted to know how long after this movie he did Mighty Ducks. Yeah. I won't say the answer because that could influence our okay. little uh, age quiz. But I just want to point out that Mighty Ducks has only a 15% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Whoa. Kidding? No. Yes. That's one of the greatest great films of that's up there with for the my generation kids. anyway. That's, yeah. that's incredible. It's like yeah. one of the great childhood movies, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And even, I would argue, sequel, just as good. Yeah. Number two, just as good. Yeah. The third one, I, I will say, yes, they fell off the rails there, but number two, just as good. There's but, those, those three films you can show to any generation of kid and it will be good. Still connects. Explorers, the one with um, Ethan Hawke and uh, River Phoenix. Oh, as, yeah. As kids, yep. they build the spaceship. Yep. Um, Mighty Ducks. Yeah. And the Sandlot Kids. Oh, yep. Sandlot mm-hmm. Kids, I love. Yeah. You've got to get someone to do that for yes. after my first time. That is a great movie. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the age quiz, right. Aiden. All right, so... Um, okay, Molly Ringwald, first one. How old do you think she was at the time of filming? I'm going to say Molly Ringwald was 20. Yeah, I was going to say 22. Yeah. Younger. She was the youngest of the film, 17. Oh. Wow. One Which score for Eden. Does make it creepy when yeah. uh, another member does look up her dress in her, at her panty line, or <laughs> panties for that matter. Let's check the age of that particular man, <laughs> uh, John Bender's character. Oh, or Judd Nelson's character of John Bender. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. John, you should go first this time. Uh, just I'll, to keep it I'll say 28. I was going to say 30. A little bit younger, but 26. All right, oh. one to John. And I think it was very obvious that he was the oldest member yeah. of the... Uh, that, was, he, he looked, that was my wife's thing immediately. Yeah. Like As soon as he walked in, she was like... How old is this guy? Yeah. Like, that little grey streak. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more pointed it's out grain. as well, the fact that they're not all old. Some of them are, like like we said, Molly's 17. That's a 10-year yeah. age difference. Mm. That is a serious Lolita shot with they cut to as mm. well on a nineteen on a 17-year-old. I don't feel like you would do that these days. I you couldn't get like away with that. do that anywhere outside of some very seedy bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emilio Estevez? Which I did struggle to say this then without going, Emilio! <laughs> <laughs> Reference to another film. Um, I was, I was going to say 21. I reckon probably 25. Emilio was 23. Oh, right in the middle. Oh. This game of prices is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, when there's only five uh, actors, we really can't have a tie. But we're going to go with a tie there. I'm going to give you a point each. Okay. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. I'm going to go 19. Hmm. 
I'm who was go... the nerd for those playing yeah. along at home. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 18. Yeah, uh, he was 17. <sighs> oh, he didn't sneak under. <laughs> um, and then, sorry, who was the last one? Oh, yes. Okay. Ali Sheedy as Alison. Well, 22. She was 22. 30. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just 23. Oh, uh, oh Eden, you, uh, you win. You win the it's age It's that high game. sugar diet that made her look older. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sandwich she makes. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> Truck drivers wouldn't look at that. <laughs> Just looking up the names, I didn't. Anthony Michael Hall, he, what did he go on to do? The Dead Zone series. Okay. I don't know that. He was in Weird Science. He's in Weird, he was science. In weird science. That's yeah. what I. Yeah, okay. And when I was a teenager, he had some. TV show where he was like a he was like a detective. Is, is this the dead zone where like he could see? Oh, that is the dead future. Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and he, he had got around on a cane. Or yeah, something? yeah. Right. I really like that yeah. show. <laughs> I thought it was great when I was again fifteen. Like, when everything, any, I'm old enough now that anything that happens to me when I was a teenager, how old? Fifteen. I don't know. <laughs> Thirteen, twelve. Everything's fifteen. When National Lampoon's Vacation as well. Oh, wow. it was rusty. Which is also a John Hughes. Written movie. Yeah. John, looking... John Hughes clearly had a crush on him because he's in Weird Science. He's in um, <laughs> well, Vacation. He used a lot of people. He used Molly Ringwald in yeah. 16 Candles. Well, and Anthony Michael Hall in 16 Candles as well. I think he may wow. have been in all of his yeah, cliched wow. 80s films. He did like multiple, uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin movies. Yeah. So he, he, he had his crew. It's like his the Helena Bolton Carter to sort of... Uh, <laughs> what's Tim, Burton. Yeah. Tim, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, yeah. 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 Well, they were married, so I think it was probably an obligation. Do you know that John Hughes and the other guy weren't? <laughs> That's true. I don't have he that He was 17. They would have kept it quiet. Yeah. <laughs> From those films we've named today or your own wider knowledge, does anyone have a favourite John Hughes movie? Oh, planes, Trains and Automobiles for me. Yeah. I love it. Probably Ferris Bueller's. Yeah. yeah. Ferris Bueller's would be up there. I didn't know that he did Vacation, though. It would probably be vacation if if that's his. I don't know if, if that's technically his. If film, he wrote it, we'll, we'll give. We can say that. I think we can say that. What's yours? Uh, Uncle Buck. Oh, I love Uncle Buck. I love Uncle Buck. <laughs> did you know that they? One of my favorite movies. Did you know that they did an Uncle Buck television show only a year ago? What? And it only lasted. I think that like, makes me so angry because yeah. I know that must have been bad. Okay, so it was with a all black cast. Oh, they tried to I, you know now reinvent I, now it. I can't be angry because I'm so <laughs> <laughs> I'm a racist. No, you can be angry. Because they've had to take that 80s stereotype of a dysfunctional fat guy and shoehorn it into black culture. Oh, so well, you can that's be doubly angry. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I think it only lasted about six episodes. Oh, that's wow. terrible. God. Yeah, but that's a great. That's I had a. I found a. I got a massive block-mounted Uncle Buck poster for five dollars from a Salvos once, and uh, my wife made me throw it away when we got married. Which oh, every that's da- love. Every day makes me think about whether that was the right decision <laughs> to get married. Was it the poster or the altar that you built around it? <laughs> it was all the candles, yeah. the dripping wax down it. She's like, this is I have the exact same story, but with a Green Day poster. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, though, I've been to your house. There's a lot of Green Day stuff you've yeah, been allowed true. to keep. That's true. That's true. Um, I reckon it may be about time to move on to some ratings. All right, the scores... So we've got a few ways that we score these movies, John. Uh, some of them are not 
really heaps credible, so <laughs> apologies in advance for those. Uh, no, there's really only one that I struggle with each week. But uh, iPhone test, which is how compelling did you find the movie or did you have to do other things throughout it to keep yourself entertained? Uh, Out of five, if you don't mind. Oh, I'd say probably a four. Because I had to focus because I had a small child trying to make me not focus. Eden? It's going to be low. I'm going to go one. Oh! Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, I do like the movie, and when I watched it when I was 25, I don't think I would have been on my phone as much, even though I would have had a good phone then as well. Oh, bragging. Yeah, I just wanted to... <laughs> oh, look at right. When you were 25, yeah. I would have had a good phone. I would have had an <laughs> iPhone 3. Yeah. I've always had a fancy <laughs> phone. But I, I, watching it this time, I know it's a slow movie. It is a slow burner, very character-driven. Yeah, it was a one. <laughs> okay, fair. No, I'd back that up as well. Yeah. I reckon probably a one and a half. Yeah. Just oh. watching it watching it in 2017 as opposed to whenever I'd, I would have been mid-90s when I watched it. There's just... Films are so fast-paced now, and this is a slow film. Mm. The mere fact that there's only two songs in the whole film, or maybe three, it's... yeah. It's it's Fair. slow. Not only that, but like, don't you forget about me. Did the same thing for me as Dirty Harry, where it's like at the beginning and the end. I kind of always just think of it as at the end of the movie, mm. where he does the fist pump. Oh, the fist pump. Yeah. Someone had to bring that up. That's a great moment. It's yeah. such an 80s... Every 80s movie that I like seems to end on a freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should come back. Where two characters are high-fiving. Oh, and then it, yeah. the double five oh, is love, the best. There's a the Revenge of the Nerds that ends with a big... Yes. Over the top. Have five. you ever seen Gleaming the Cube with Christian Slater in it? No. He, it's a skateboard film. So they got in on the oh. skateboarding fad of the mid eighties, and he's a crime fighting skateboarder who, <laughs> who like does this total like you know third act where he needs to come back. He has a chrome steel skateboard that he uses to literally <laughs> jump across a ravine and knock out the bad guy, and then he ends like with a fist pump, but with the skateboard. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm watching that tonight. <laughs> um, I'm giving it a. I'm giving it a four. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I just find it somehow compelling, even though it's slow. I, I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I, I sort of. I don't know. I guess because it is slow, and I think I'm always thinking about it, like the characters and all that sort of stuff. I oh, know like we get it, man. You had a crush on the char- on on the girl. <laughs> like you're really thinking about yes, it. That's right. I get it. Had a crush. That's correct. <laughs> Uh, cultural significance. Do you feel like, uh, having watched this, that you are now, um, a richer person cult- pop culturally? Do you, uh, now you feel like you've... You understand references from other things that you've seen it possibly on The Simpsons or Seinfeld Does it feel or a big gap, a little gap? I reckon only a little gap, just because of all the, the other tropes that came from it that I've been exposed to, essentially. Mm, I guess that's fair. But do you, do you not feel like it's nice to see like the, the genesis of some of the tropes? Well, honestly, because I was, I was big on Degrassi growing up. Oh, great. So that was essentially the same thing. So yeah. I, I really don't feel like I've missed anything. Having said that, if I'd watched this when I was young, I would have been obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Yeah. Out of five? Mm, two. Two? Yeah. Uh, Eden? I'm going to go three. I think it's important, but not majorly important. Yeah. Yeah, I will throw out a three as well. Can I bring up just here, because I feel like this is the appropriate time, um, why is it called Breakfast Club? Because if this is the cultural significance part of it, I feel like that would be the the part of the film. At no point do they have breakfast. Yeah. Which was, which was my partner's major problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> More on that in a second, maybe. Um, I actually anyone... looked up why. 
because I had the same question. Do you know? No. It's because, and I feel like this could have come across better in the movie somehow, but maybe it just doesn't need to. Um, it's actually based on the school John Hughes' son went to. They had the same exact detention system where you'd turn up at 7 o'clock or something and have a huge eight-hour detention. And they must have, because it was so early in the morning, they just called it the Breakfast Club. Like, oh. Okay. Yeah, so I feel like that should have been explained a little bit doesn't better. doesn't really come through in the film, does no. it? No. I thought you were going to say that the people doing detention would just like grab breakfast at like a local McDonald's or something beforehand. And it I kind hop- of just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give it two and a half. I sort of agree. Like, I think it's a great film. It probably started a lot of things that a lot of films have ripped off. But yeah, you are exposed to those things in heaps of other films and that sort of thing. Next uh, test is returnability. Like, John, you've seen this once now. Will you ever watch it again? Do you feel like that would be a rewarding experience? If it was on Channel 9 on a Friday night, would you flick (laughs) over? Oh, I'd probably hunt around. Probably. For something better, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it was good, but yeah, just without that nostalgic link. Would you ever sort of suddenly like when your boy is a teenager, like maybe just put a copy under the bed or something? I've hope thought that about he watches this. It? I've thought about this pretty deeply, and I'm not going to make him watch anything because ah. that's how I discovered the films that I love. True, it was because my parents were just not into movies at all, and then when I finally did see the movies I wanted to, my hair just got blown back. So I'm just going to let him have all that. Mm. Did your parents make you watch anything that you're like, oh, I hate this because you've made me watch it? Um, yeah, The Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and there was also a, a, just this interminable show on the ABC called Howard's Way or Howard's End. I'm going to have to disagree with you slightly. Yep. Like my dad made me watch Blues Brothers. Yep. And I loved it. Yeah. And watched it a hundred times over and still watch it, you know, to this day without him or with him. Like it doesn't make a difference. So I think some, it depends on your kid. Like it can actually enrich them because it was something we shared together and and loved. True. Hmm. So returnability, John? Uh, Maybe a two. Two? Yeah. Eden? I was going to sit on two as well. Yeah, two. I'm going to have to go higher. Just I feel like I, actually, I own this on DVD. I've seen it a few times. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half. All right. And our final uh, category, and uh, I, I reckon it's the most controversial in the power that it has over <laughs> our uh, podcast, My First Time Ratings, is uh, is this a partner-friendly movie? Like, is this a good one to sit down with uh, uh, a man, a woman, whatever you're into, that sort of thing? Oh, Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. What would you give it out of five, John? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Nice. Now, did you watch uh, this with your partner? Y- yes, I did. And she hated it. What? <laughs> hated what? it. Yeah. What? So was she watching it for the first time? Um, yes, I think so. Okay. And just did not enjoy it whatsoever. Like, the whole way through was just commenting. I was like, oh, why Why is this character doing this? Oh, why is this happening? Oh, this is done. Why like, did the, the glass way. break when Emilio <laughs> screamed? <laughs> now, see, I thought he hit the door. We had the same discussion. My wife's the exact same thing. I thought he just shut the door really hard, and then the, the scream was what sort of let it fall. Uh, oh, that's the yeah. best explanation I've heard. No, there's, yeah. there's a step and a turn. He takes a step, turn... Raw screen, like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Okay, well, are we allowed to give zeros? Yeah, I've okay. given zeros I, before. Yeah, yeah, and I think for wow. partner score for me, I'm afraid a zero. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> the wind is out of my sails. <laughs> uh, I'll take a three for that one. My wife quite enjoyed it. I'm not sure we would watch it again together, but she was happy happy to watch it with me. 
I've made my wife watch it before. Uh, oh, I bet you have. Yeah. And she <laughs> really you, liked it. She can, was really... Can you dress like that? Yeah, can you do your hair like Ali <laughs> Sheedy? stop washing your hair for a few weeks? <laughs> uh, we watched it again last night. She gave it... Uh, three and a half out of five, but she said, please take into account I had a C-section two days ago, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether that should be higher or lower, but she drifted in and out. <laughs> she was on some heavy drugs last night. <laughs> All right, so let's take a minute. Wait, I'm going to tally wait, up the scores. Wait, so did you watch it in the hospital? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, I brought in, I, we, I had to bring in her laptop especially so that we could watch it because mine doesn't have a DVD drive. Wow. So uh, it's technically the first movie my uh, two-year-old daughter has ever watched. <laughs> well, she really watched it, but I'm hoping that the the coolness of it washed over her. You're hoping to see a little fist pump? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe one day she'll be the girl that makes dandruff snowfalls for someone. Um, As you tally up the scores, Dan, can I raise the question that morally the message that John Hughes is trying to send... Mm-hmm that everything's okay or um, the thing that brings everyone together is drugs and hating your parents. Is that (laughs) right? Is that a fair assumption? Because they do not get along whatsoever until they all smoke weed together and complain about their parents. I have to say, as a brand new dad, it did sort of, you know, I did spend more time than previous thinking about the parenting implications that the movie (laughs) brings up. Because that's what I got from it. And I... I don't know if I got that as a teenager, but I definitely got it as a father. Mm. John, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're all probably missing the point. It's actually all about the shitty parenting, isn't it? Yeah, the whole film. Ah. Yeah, I think that's pretty apt. Like, well, all well, of those guys hate their parents. Like the yeah. nerd, his parents put too much pressure on him. Yeah, so they're sort of the same with the jock. Oh no, he's sort of like his dad only lo- like does anything with him because he's good at sport. Mm. Yeah, popular girl was the same. Popular girl's the same. The parents use her as bait in their bit of divorce. Mm. Reclusive girl, like her parents just ignore her. And who's the other one? Bender. Yeah. His dad, like, is fully abusive. Puts out, yeah, puts out cigars on him like he's a... Yeah. I don't know. So I guess that is the message that's being sent. Hate your parents and smoke a bit more weed. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's a a broader message about uh, if you're a good parent, your kids won't go to Saturday detention. (laughs) I've got to say, though, I grew up in a... (laughs) Says by a teacher that has just had a child a couple of days ago. (laughs) I've got to say, you know, and full declaration here, that growing up, we smoked a lot of weed. (laughs) Never did we break into song and dance (laughs) with cartwheels. It was a lot of sitting in Tiranas and listening to Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> you never once got together with three, two other male friends and did a really close uh, dance. Is there a name for that dance move they're doing? Well, I don't know. I feel it's like a, it pops up in things. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not really the running man, but it's kind of walking along in sync or something. I don't know. <laughs> Is it like the ski thing? Oh, yeah. Skiing, maybe. Yeah. All right. Only white people could have a skiing dance. <laughs> <laughs> Scores are in. Um, sorry, black people can ski too. That's racist. <laughs> Next week, cool runnings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's got to be done. I, I, can I just tell you a quick story about cool running? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I used to live in Port Augusta where I was working. This is back just before we met at uh, News Limited, Dan. So I was working at the local paper up in Port Augusta, and I lived in a share house with just totally random people. One of them was this hardcore boilermaker, huge guy, massive muscles. He used to get home at about two. I'd get home much later. One day, I just chucked a sick. He came home from work. And I, so I opened the door up, and this guy just bounds up from the couch. 
and like pulls a tape out of the VCR as hard as he can. It's just like, oh, I've just busted my housemate watching porn. This mm. is not cool. What do I do? And he stands there and just looks at me and goes, right, this is going to be awkward. I'm watching Cool Runnings. I just wanted to get some ideas for costumes, and I didn't want you to judge me. I was like, <laughs> Put it back in. Let's have a beer and watch Cool Running. So why did he? Wow. Why did he tell you if he destroyed the tape or no? No, no. He was so, so he, ashamed. He, he was just so ashamed that he thought, "Well, I'm busted." It's like you know, he, he was owning it. Yeah. yeah like, all right. You're saying a lot more about your own insecurities here, mate, than anything else. <laughs> just watch Cool Runnings. I don't care. <laughs> Had you ever indicated your hatred of Cool Running? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, anyone who John watches Candy. that movie <laughs> is an idiot. <laughs> Bobsleds for losers. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all the costumes in Cool Runnings. <laughs> uh, okay, scores are in. And Sound the Gong, 41.5 out of 60, makes The Breakfast Club our highest rated film yet. Whoa. Really? Oh, by a significant measure. The previous best score was 34.5 for the Rocky sorry. Horror Picture Show. Sorry, can we just... Um... Just rewind slightly. Every other film we've ever done, or activity, or whatever we rate on this podcast, yeah. has been with three people. Oh, right. Oh. And this score is with four people. That's error. Never considered that. <laughs> True. All right. So I need to average out the scores then? Is that how that works? Well, I think so, because I feel like it's, of course, it's going to be a higher score. Yeah. All right. That is so true. Please hold, listeners. Hey, then you're a genius. All right. I'm back with the real scores. <laughs> <laughs> and with a score of 31.125, The Breakfast Club is the lowest rated <laughs> movie. Oh. The Oscar goes to La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a feeling just, just from adding it up myself. I thought, yeah. mm, it's not going to go well. That's probably it. Thank you so much for being with us, Mr. John Brooks. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, what can we plug for you? Anything? Um, uh, I still do a bit of stand-up every now and then. Where, if people uh, want to catch them stand-up and uh, perhaps see you on stage, where can they do that? Uh, probably the Rhino Room in Adelaide. I'm not touring or anything like that anymore. I'm an old dad now, so... Yeah, we'll head down to the Rhino Room's new location, maybe get to see funny man John Brooks and some other great local comedians and uh, oh, comedians from interstate and overseas as well. And... Of course, keep listening to My First Time. Download wherever you download podcasts from. Uh, find us on the interwebs. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye.